celebrating classics and creating new ones. Only on the Music Vibes Podcast. Now, here's your host, DC Hendrix. This is the Music Vibes Podcast, sponsored by Neat 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 Records and Music, located at 1836 South Calhoun Street in downtown Fort Wayne. Neat 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 stocks LPs and CDs across all genres and is an authorized dealer of Ortofone, Audio Technica, Emotiva, Wharfdale, Project, and more. Please visit neatneatneatrecords.com for more information. This is the Music Vibes Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Scroll on down. Leave us a review. We appreciate that kind of thing. And let us know what you guys are thinking of this show. And spread the word. Share, like, follow, everything on social media. Let us know what you guys are thinking of this show. I'm DC Hendricks, your host, alongside my man, producer Cleveland. What's going on, man? Not doing too bad. Uh, This weekend got a little caught up on the... PBS special featuring country music. Are you a country ah, fan at all? No. Me neither. Until I, you, you hear my voice, though, I sounded like I was intrigued. <laughs> yeah. And oh yeah. I should have been an actor. That should have been my side job. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Should have got a career in that. But uh, not a big country fan. But what did you? No, what did you I, learn? Honestly, I'm not either. I like I like the old country. I like country yeah. from 50s and 60s. Yes. But I'm telling you, this documentary they did so well with showcasing and really um just showing how great country is from the beginning all the way up mm-hmm. till now so i'm getting to the last few episodes and i'm kind of lost interest but the early stuff <laughs> is super in- impressive and just fun to watch yeah obviously when you go back in the day and you talk about guys like george jones and merle haggard that's real country um willie nelson um that, that's real country but when you start getting into guys no offense to these you know, it's just a personal opinion. But when you start getting into, you know, Garth Brooks and Toby Keith and Luke Bryan, and I'm like, all right, nah, I'm good. I'm good yeah. on all that yeah. stuff. I feel like it kind of loses its country feel, the yeah, origin of country. Yeah, it's pop. pop. It's all pop. Um, but yeah, that's, that's that doesn't sound too bad. It's always good to branch out of your interest. You know, it's always good. And I try um, for about five seconds, and I can't do it. So I'm glad that you were able to branch out a little bit. Yeah, I try. I try to just appreciate all music, whatever the style is. Mm-hmm. Kind of like uh, uh, talking about Gwen Stefani and No Doubt, like really that's getting right. to ska. That's so right. That's a whole other thing. And that's our podcast for this week. So we mentioned last week that we're going to start branching out a little bit. And before we get started for this week's podcast, last week's podcast, we told you we had a special announcement for this week. Now you guys just got done hearing Neat 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 Records and Music as the beginning sponsor. All fans and continued listeners of this podcast, we have a new sponsor. We are very excited to announce. So, without further ado, a new sponsor of the Music Vibes podcast, we have the Clyde Theater here at Fort Wayne, Indiana. Now, the Clyde Theater is sponsoring the show now, and we are also, in, in celebration of this partnership here, we are giving away some tickets, and we're giving away two tickets to go see Dark Star Orchestra, who is, they're continuing the Grateful Dead concert experience. They will be at the Clyde Theater on Wednesday, October 9th, so that's next week. If you guys want to win tickets, all you got to do is like both the Music Vibes Podcast Facebook page, just search Music Vibes Podcast, and then like the Clyde Theater on Facebook. You comment on the picture, tell us who you would take with you, and you like the pages, you follow the pages, you are eligible to win tickets, and I will select one winner to be able to go to see Dark Star Orchestra next week. So in celebration of this announcement and sponsorship of the podcast, the Clyde Theater is more than happy to give away two tickets to see Dark Star Orchestra. So good luck. Again, follow both Music Vibes Podcast and the Clyde Theater on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us both, and you will be eligible to win tickets. I will pick one winner to this event. Good luck. 
And as always, I really appreciate you guys listening to this podcast. This is where you get your music fix right here. We're all genres. At least we try. We may even do a country episode at some point. You never know. So when you tune into this podcast, you never know. But for this week, we're talking Gwen Stefani and a little bit of No Doubt. I mean, she is No Doubt. I mean, let's just be real here. Um, And we're doing this because Gwen Stefani turns 50. Woo. Like, wow. I had no idea that she was turning 50. I mean, you knew she's been around for a while, but yeah, but 50? It's like a huge milestone. We sound so young. <laughs> We're obviously so in our age here. We're like 50. We got 50 year olds listening right now. Like, really? What are you trying to say? <laughs> you know? So, yeah, Gwen Stefani, though, and the reason we're looking into this, we're basically what we're going to do today is look into our discography. Um, because at 50 years old, you know, typically you don't have a lot, you know, you're probably not going to release a lot more material as a musician. Like, that's just not how it goes. Once you reach 50, you may release another album or two here or there. Um, but typically that's about it. So what we're doing today is looking into our discography, both as a solo artist and with no doubt. And uh, we're going to have some fun with this. And we, as we mentioned before, going to start branching out a little bit. We feel like this does. Gwen Stefani is someone that we both, both producer Cleveland and I both feel like she is a little bit underappreciated, you know, in terms of the older generations. Um, I think people our generation may appreciate her, but for the wrong reasons. Um, a lot of people probably look into her and they think Hollaback Girl. age group that's probably the first song if you tell someone in our age group say we bring some friends in here we're like you know Gwen Stefani tell me a Gwen Stefani song Holla Bad Girls gonna be the first song they say that's the first music video I watched from her that was my introduction to Gwen Stefani of course you hear uh, all the new doubt music in a lot of movies and whatnot but Mm -hmm. as far as actually seeing her name for the first time that was the first yeah, It's My Life was the first video that I actually watched, and that was back in 2003, so I was a teenager. Since that's about when you start watching music videos as a teenager, you're watching MTV, you're watching VH1. Mine was VH1. I never really liked MTV like that. Um, but I used to watch VH1 and It's My Life came on there a lot. It was probably overplayed, but I grew up to appreciate it a little bit more as I got older. And that was my introduction to No Doubt. And I'm like, who is this? This is awesome. I love it. So that was my introduction. But today we're going to dig back a little bit. And I know, and before we bring our guests on, I know you got to dig into the debut album 
a little bit more the actual debut for no doubt yeah what'd you think of the debut and that was back in 92 yep the first one was 92 and i haven't gotten a chance to actually listen to the whole discography of no doubt so i started from the beginning Mm -hmm. i started from the 92 album i think it's self-titled no doubt and uh went all the way up to their last album in 2003 the one um you were just mentioning and i appreciate it so much and i did not know they were as heavy into the ska as they were in 92 it's <laughs> and then going all the way and just kind of uh all the album just polishing as they go and ska's an interesting uh genre when i talk to people like i was asking you are you a fan of ska and usually i go yeah it's fine it's fine until i listen to it and i'm like no no i love ska yeah this mm-hmm. is awesome the debut self-titled was 92 went on to release the beacon street collection in 1995 which is one i know that one that one didn't do very well on the charts um and that had the single squeal and doghouse and then you have producer cleveland my personal favorite no doubt album ever that would be tragic kingdom released in 1995 and we're going to give you a nice sample of this um, because this features probably most of their biggest hits i know uh, just a girl was the first single released on this album then you had spider webs which is probably their most popular song that they released few other singles like don't speak which is actually played right here on big 92.3 you and me we used to be together every day together always i really feel that i'm losing my best friend i can't believe this could be more singles that were that were released for this album including excuse me mr sunday morning happy now and hey you but yeah this album was actually if you go to rolling stone magazine's list of the 500 greatest albums of all time 
this album cracks the list. Did you know that? Did not. You you learn something every day. <laughs> so if you're listening to this right now, Tragic Kingdom by no doubt actually cracks Rolling Stones top 500 greatest albums ever, ever, and it ranks at number. 441 so pretty nice spot on the list yeah so this one and went on to obviously chart very well um it was number one in obviously different countries and here in the united states number one on the billboard 200 number one on the uk rock and metal albums so this album this album was crazy so that was probably their most successful album to date went on in 2000 to release return of saturn and 2001 released rock steady wasn't a personal favorite of mine but i know just a quick shout out we did this a couple weeks ago as well when we gave tribute to eddie money and rick okasic um, rick okasic was a producer on this album with no doubt along with prince nice fun fact for you you learn something every day i'm telling you who would have known before they listened to this that rick okasic and prince produced on a no doubt album um but that album obviously features uh two big hits hey baby And underneath it all. Two very popular songs from No Doubt as well. So we're digging in. And then in 2012, they tried to come back with Push and Shove. Um, that album was okay. Wasn't a big fan of that, but it had two songs on it. Settle Down, Looking Hot, that resonates today to the singles. Um, it debuted at number three on the Billboard 200 with 115,000 copies sold in its first week. Um, and then ended up being at number 34 on the Billboard Hot 100. So it did pretty well in the charts, but um, I think Tragic Kingdom probably goes down as no doubt's greatest album ever. All right, so we are joined on the Music Vibes podcast by one of my favorite writers, journalists, authors in the music business. She just so happens to be the wife of also one of my favorite guests that's already been on this podcast. That would be Matt Wardlaw. He joined me actually just a couple, I think it was a couple months ago now, but his wife is actually joining us. So it would be really cool, and I think we're going to make this happen in the future where both of them are going to join us on the podcast. We have a topic that I can't mention yet, but we're going to try to make it happen where both of them will join us. So we have Annie Zaleski, who is also a music journalist, author, and much more and she's joining us here today to help dig into Gwen Stefani's discography as we are celebrating her 50th birthday Annie thanks so much for joining us today right on thanks for having me absolutely so I got to start off how's my guy Matt He's doing good. He's doing good. You know, he he's he's doing interviews. He's going to shows. He saw Steve Hackett the other night. So ah. a Genesis. So he's happy as a clam. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, actually. I think we talked about that because I got to interview Steve earlier on this year. So we kind of. He did tell me that he got to interview him, I believe, and that he had a show to attend. So that's awesome. It's really awesome to have you as well because you're you guys both of you are just so busy and it's awesome to catch up with you. So today we're talking Gwen Stefani. Okay, so when I mention, first of all, when I say Gwen Stefani turning 50, now I don't know about you, but it just completely shocked me. I didn't believe it when I first when I first looked it up uh, that she was turning 50 years old, because it seems like just yesterday they released that no doubt self-titled debut album. But Gwen Stefani turning 50, your first thoughts when I say that. 
Well, you tell me that, and I feel really old, for <laughs> starters. Because, yeah, I've been following them since, I think, I jumped on about Tragic Kingdom, of course, mm-hmm. because I still remember hearing just a girl on the radio and just being, like, blown away, because it was so different than everything else that was around there. And I was a teenager, and so the sentiment of the song really resonated with me. And so, and I've been following her career every little you know bit of it since then. So, yeah, I just can't believe that. Because you forget how young she was when she started. That's right. She was a teenager in her early 20s, and, you know, she really came up, you know, she's really kind of grown up in music. Yeah, absolutely. So let's let's go ahead and dig into her tenure with No Doubt first. Um, let's start there. Obviously, the self-titled uh, that was released back in 1992. Let's start there. The self-titled, um, kind of traveling back to that album. Um, your overall thoughts on that? Because I know, obviously, the there's some big songs that were on that debut album. And think the music actually changed. Their sound changed a lot throughout the years, much like a lot of people. But Trapped in a Box, I think, was the lead single on that self-titled debut. But let's go back to the self-titled debut, March of 1992. Your overall thoughts on that album? You know, I'm I'm a big ska fan and still, you know, <laughs> all eras of ska. And this record really, like, this was such a good encapsulation of not just sort of the, the Southern California ska that was really popular, mm-hmm. but also kind of the new wave. Like, I know that they, everyone in the band are big Oingo Boingo fans and things like that. And this was really kind of a good next step, kind of bringing all of that 80s music into the 90s. And it's, it's interesting hearing Gwen sing on this because she's really, you know, you can tell that she was just like really kind of starting out. And she was so enthusiastic. I love Trapped in a Box. I still think that it's just a fun song with the horns and her singing and this entire record. Like, it's very charming. Yeah, and obviously um, went on to release more albums under No Doubt. And I, I got to talk about this one because this one is and we're, we're kind of skipping ahead a little bit here because they did end up going on to release the Beacon Street Collection in 1995. But I got to get to Tragic Kingdom. To me, this is the absolute masterpiece that No Doubt released from top to bottom, front to back. If you're a person like me that listens to vinyl, so front to back, I would say. But so many hits. You mentioned Just a Girl, Spider Webs. Uh, don't speak Sunday morning. Excuse me, Mister. Happy now. Hey, you. Just all just hits all the way through. So the Tragic Kingdom, which actually we're coming up on the album anniversary for that. Actually, October tenth, nineteen ninety five. It was released. So Tragic Kingdom. How does that resonate with you today? And how? Where do you think this ranks in No Doubt's catalog? You know, it's aged really well. I've listened to it a couple times over the last couple of years. And it's aged a lot better than I thought, maybe. I mean, I think I'm a little tired of hearing things like don't speak just because, you know, <laughs> I've heard it so many times on the radio. But I think, you know, the song like Excuse Me, Mister, and like I think Hey You is actually my favorite song on the record mm-hmm. because there's so much diversity on this. I think they really, really kind of pushed their sound forward. You know, they work with Matthew Wilder, um, the producer who was known for, you know, his 80s hits uh, or his 80s hit uh, Break My Stride. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, so they really, like, kind of harness that sort of 80s sound, but really have that kind of quirky alt-rockness that really works. And what's interesting is that I think, you know, it's, it's ska, but they really had that pop core even then. That, you know, they weren't, you know, you know, I think they were lumped in with people like, you know, you can kind of compare them to the Mighty Mighty Boston's or Less Than Jake or things like that. But this really kind of had its own kind of unique sort of approach to all of that. And it was, you could tell already that they were kind of moving into kind of the pop realm. 
Absolutely. And that album, at least in my opinion, was my personal favorite. So if I were to ask you, because there's also Return of Saturn that they released in 2000 um, by Trauma Records and Scope Records and then Rocksteady, which I think that would be most people's favorite, at least for my generation. Yeah, 2001. That's, my favorite. that's your favorite. What, what made that one your favorite? You know, I'm I am just such a big new wave fan. And so, you know, the fact that they kind of went really, really synth pop on this and just like really kind of had, you know, that kind of like super early eighties LA new wave thing and just really went full on. I I just really like that. And I also think just their their songwriting on this too, which is also really interesting. I mean they work with um, you know, the Neptunes on Hella Good. Yep. Hey Baby was so much fun. You know, it was just like, it was just really, it was kind of a lighthearted, fun party record. And at the time it came out, you know, it was sort of, it was also kind of a breath of fresh air because that they came out, you know, right after, you know, new metal had been popular. It was all this kind of heavy, dark rock and roll. And this was just really kind of lighthearted and kind of, you know, party hardy. And it just, it was, it was really kind of, it was refreshing. Yeah, I'm really glad you mentioned that, uh, working with the Neptunes. And also, I wanted to mention that I kind of wanted to confirm this with you because I know you would probably be more in tune with this than I am. But I also believe I read this and you can correct me. But Rick Ocasek, who we just actually lost um, from the cars, he it shows that he produced um, the track Don't Let Me Down on this album. Is that true? That is correct. Yes, wow. he worked a little bit on production on this too. Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't even know that until I was reading up on a little bit. And also, uh, I believe Prince did a little production on this album as well. Which is crazy too when you think about it. I mean, his. You know, I, I even like forget about that because <laughs> Prince was so busy and did so many things. Like, of course, he would pop up here. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so talking. So kind of going back to Gwen Stefani. You know, just solo. I guess in general. So unfortunately, and my producer kind of admitted this earlier. Un- unfortunately, a lot of our generation were younger, uh, approaching thirty. Unfortunately, a lot of our generation knows Gwen Stefani as Hollaback Girl. And it's really unfortunate that and that's kind of why we're deciding to highlight her today, because like I I even told the producer earlier, I I said, I bet if we put aside some of our peers and ask them to name us a Gwen Stefani song, Hollaback Girl would probably be the first one. And it's really disappointing. So like that's why today I wanted to really dig deep. So just Gwen Stefani's, um, you know, solo career in general. You know, what did you think of that? Because obviously when you go solo, you try different things, you you know, you uh, branch off in different genres, try things that you maybe couldn't have in the band that you were in so what did you think of her you know her solo career after no doubt and kind of venturing off with the when she went with hollaback girl and released the albums love angel music baby the sweet escape um and those albums you know i actually i'm, I'm a big pop fan and i actually really like both of those records wow and you know I'm, I'm not sure which i know which i think is surprising i think a lot of no doubt fans were like what are you doing but as, you know, with someone, I, I thought that it was a really, it was a real logical sort of step after Rocksteady. And I thought stuff like What You Waiting For, you know, that was like her first single. Yeah. And I just thought that was just so in- interesting. Like it's such a, it's, it's a very unique kind of take on pop. And Hollabacker, I mean, the problem is you couldn't get out of your head. You know, you would hear it. And, you know, even if you didn't like the song, <laughs> it was just, it's just such an earworm. And I think Rich Girl with Eve, too. Like, that was also just yes. capable. I, I mean, about that. she really showed her range as a solo artist, I think. You know, everyone, you know, I think she was kind of pigeonholed as Gwen from No Doubt with her solo work. She really kind of wanted to move out on that and be like, no, I can do a lot of different things. 
So I don't know how much um, new music you listen to, but I've really been trying to find a comparison for her either before her time or even after. So if you were to make any necessary comparisons um, on, you know, similar artists, not necessarily they sound alike or anything like that. But if you were to say anybody for the older and younger listeners, who would you compare Gwen Stefani to before her time and after? After, I think, uh, I think the obvious one is um, Haley Williams from Paramore. I mean, she's been very open about being inspired by Gwen. And if you just kind of look at the way Paramore is also kind of, their records have kind of evolved. They've really, too, just kind of embraced individuality and, you know, an 80s pop and just regular pop and really honed their songwriting. So I think that in, in terms of, like, they, that's a very obvious one. Before that, that's a really good question. I mean, maybe... Uh, potentially Annie Lennox from okay. the Eurythmics. Um, you know, she didn't have as lengthy of a solo career, mm-hmm. but she made this really, you know, just this really awesome music that was just very forward-thinking for the 80s. And then she went solo and made all of these really beautiful, kind of also kind of quirky solo records. That's one that comes to mind, but that's a really tough one because Gwen is pretty singular. I know, yeah. So, like, um, obviously for the older generation, they always pinpoint um you know artists and say they sound like so and so they remind me of so and so and i asked i played this for my dad i played a little gwen stefani because he knows who she is he's obviously older but he knows who she is but hasn't listened to a lot of gwen stefani solo or no doubt and i played it and he came up with two artists and i want to bring this up here i don't think i mentioned this earlier so he brought up two artists and that would be cindy lopper and stevie nicks what did you think of that Oh, that's what I, I, your dad is right on, actually. That's actually pretty good. See, of course, Stevie Nicks. I cannot believe I forgot that. That is actually a very excellent comparison. You know, Stevie's always really had that kind of that parallel solo career, and for a while she was not in Fleetwood Mac, and then she was again. But that is a really good one because, yeah, she had blockbuster success. And with Fleetwood Mac, and then went solo and kind of did her own thing and made these kind of really, you know, dance dance records mm-hmm. and rock records, and she kind of did wherever her muse took her. And Gwen really did that. And Cindy Lauper is just, I mean, just fashion sense wise. I right. think Cindy and Gwen are like the fashion icons. Absolutely. You know, beyond the fact that they're amazing musicians <laughs> from the last like twenty five, thirty five years. Absolutely. So right on, Dad. I'm very impressed. I know. I was impressed, too, because I don't think he listens to any of them. So I was impressed that he came up. I'm surprised he came up with that. So, yeah, I had to bring that up. I figured you would agree, because when he mentioned it to me, I was kind of in shock. Like, how did you even know to compare that? So, um, you know, kind of looking back, and that's what we're doing today, because we're not assuming that she's done, because she still has a lot. She's still doing stuff with The Voice, uh, dating Blake Shelton. She still has a lot going on. I know she has a Las Vegas residency uh, coming up. So, like, she Yes, she's still doing things, but I I mentioned this earlier. I feel like when you turn 50, most of your music is behind you. You know, you don't typically release a ton of music after the age of 50. So that's I just decided to highlight her music because it really resonates with me. I grew up in the 2000s. So like this is definitely my generation for sure and i just wanted to highlight that so when i mentioned gwen stefani and her tenure with no doubt how would you kind of you know dig into their legacy in the music industry that's a really good question i mean i think you know their legacy first and foremost is that you know they're one of the few kind of alt-rock bands from the 90s that uh, you know are women fronted that really still have a presence 
I mean, when you look at the stuff that's still popular from that decade, you know, there's a lot of men. There's, you know, of course, Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and Weezer and Smashing Pumpkins. And a lot of the women who were, like, extremely popular have a little bit lower profile now. And, you know, whether because they don't get played on the radio as much Mm -hmm. or, you know, they've switched careers. And so, you know, No Doubt is really one of those bands that still, you know, is really iconic, I think, from that decade. And I think, you know, from inspiring Haley Williams, I mean, you know, Garbage is also toured with No Doubt. I mean, Gwen really kind of proved a model of of just in terms of how to be, you know, a front woman. You know, I mean, any of these, like, high-energy front women you see, you know, fronting rock bands, and of course all of them are escaping me right now. (laughs) You know, she really kind of was a role model for that, you know, and she was, you know, she kind of did her own thing, dressed how she wanted to do, mm-hmm. and, you know, and that, and kind of, you know, that's what she did. And I think, you know, now I think there are so many women, you know, or, or you know, or, or indie bands that are, you know, fronted by women and women players, and I feel like, you know, no doubt really kind of paved the way along with many other groups for that kind of movement. Yeah, and to kind of dig into, kind of retrack and put all of this into perspective. So let's say, and let's let's have some fun with this. So let's say she does release um, another album here soon. What would you want? Because as a Gwen Stefani fan, what would you want from that album? Oh man! So you know, so she had she had a Christmas record out last year mm-hmm. or the year before I can't remember which one and it was really interesting because it really kind of summed up I would actually like to see kind of an electro kind of like an electro pop dance record like kind of Ooh. you know I don't know if you follow Kylie Minogue at all I do but you know Kylie Minogue I mean something like you know Kylie's last few records have just been fun and interesting she went country she went electro I would love to see Gwen kind of do a full on you know synth pop you know kind of go back to the early you know the early 2000 no doubt days and just do a really fun dance record you know and just kind of have like you know that. complete fun with it not worry about selling or anything just like totally just like geek out new wave geek out yeah and the, um i had this question as well and i did no prep on this whatsoever it's just literally a question that just popped in my head a little bit before we started recording so obviously although it really despises me of what it's become i still follow it for whatever reason but the rock and roll hall of fame i look at that and i look at gwen stefani's career and i can't help but think does she deserve to get in the rock and roll hall of fame that's really a good that's an interesting point i you know I think they do. You know, when you look at kind of the influence she's had and when you look at the indelible songs they've had and, and you know, you look at just her kind of stature as a pop artist. I mean, she's been in the public eye, like we talked about, for, you know, a quarter century now. Mm-hmm. You know, and she really still has sustained success over many kind of different arenas. You know, I mean, I think you can really make a good case for her to get in. Yeah, and uh, not to throw anybody under the bus, but there's been some names that have been very questionable uh, in the last decade or so. So I think no doubt and Gwen Stefani definitely deserved the nod, but especially based on that. So before I let you go, I cannot bring you on because I know you were so busy. I definitely cannot bring you on without promoting some of your work. So go ahead. You have the floor, Annie. Tell us what you've been working on and what you may have coming up that you're able to tell us about. That's a good question. So what, two of the bigger things that I'm working on that are coming down the pipeline is that I'm working on a book on the B-52s mm-hmm. called Why, uh, Why the B-52s Matter for University of Texas Press. And I'm also working on a 33 and a third book on Duran Duran's Rio. Ooh. And so those are two projects that are due next year, and so they'll come out at some point beyond that. I also have an essay coming up in a book on uh, Power Pop. 
that's coming out in November via Rare Bird, Rare Bird Books. And so that's, that was just kind of released uh, this week, actually. And so that's kind of my newer thing that you can get. Absolutely love it. So it sounds like we have another reason to bring you on here coming up. We'll definitely have to revisit and promote those as you release those. So, Annie, we definitely appreciate you coming on today. Keep in touch and look forward to having both you and Matt on the show again. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. So to end the podcast this week, we're going to do our first edition, our absolute debut of one of our new segments that both producer in Cleveland and I have came up with. And we're finally able to debut it for you guys today. So without further ado, our first edition of Drop the Needle. Now, before we even get to that, uh, producer Cleveland, basically what we're going to do is we're going to alternate weeks. So one week. And since this is the debut, I'm going to let producer Cleveland pick the first song that we dropped the needle on. So basically it's a new song that we think you guys should check out. And it usually is going to be similar to our topic. The genre of the song is usually going to be similar to the topic that we're discussing on the week of. And this first week producer Cleveland is picking the song. And then next week I'm picking the song, yada, 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 alternate, alternate, we'll alternate weeks. So drop the needle. We are highlighting a new song for you guys to check out a new vibe to speak of. And producer Cleveland introduce us to the first song. All right, so this week I dug real deep, but this is a song called Green from Kana. All right, let's hear it. Let's drop the needle. Sky could be blue as can be. Grass could be green, green too. My love the same as them.
up with the music vibes podcast with dc hendrix presented by neat 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 records by subscribing on everywhere podcasts are available itunes google play spotify radio public everywhere podcasts are available make us one of your favorites by subscribing and make sure to leave us a review and let me know what you guys are thinking of the music vibes podcast that'll do it for this week and until next week everybody be sure to spread some peace and love podcast by federated media Podcasts by Federated Media.